nation. Raging Review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raging Review Podcast. Currently, it's Nick and I. We have a few guests joining soon, uh, but our third host is uh, MIA. I guess we'll address that later. Nick. I'm glad you made it on time. I made it on time. You know, I don't know what's up with, with our boy Jerry, but uh, I'm sure he's going to come in and say, hey, I had dad do something's coming up. We're just wait for it. <laughs> Guaranteed the little one. We'll make an appearance. Guaranteed. We'll we'll see. It's live, so we'll all get a good laugh out of that. Anyway, oh, and just as we're speaking Speak about Speak of the it, devil, man. Here he comes. Oh, oh no, maybe not. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Anyway, uh, just want to let everybody know we have – we planned for two special guests. Tonight, it seems like we're just going to have one. Andre Jones, linebacker for the Raging Cajuns, will be joining us for some questions later on, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get deep into some football talk like we like to do, and uh, we'll ask him and pick his brain about – Marshall, and uh, to this point in the season, how things are in the locker room. Uh, but first, I want to throw out a few shout-outs. Uh, first and foremost, absolutely embroidery and more. Um, everybody knows that we had the big gear situation over the last few weeks to the point where the AD had to come on to social media and tell fans where to get gear. Uh, so I want to say a big shout-out to them because they went ahead and got the licensing that was necessary to produce Adidas apparel with – Official team gear, official logos, all that. Go check them out. They're on College Saloon. Give me a second. I'll pull up their address here. From what people have, that have experienced business with them have had to say, they are some of the best staff, the most friendly staff, and they really want to support the Cajun. So let's let's do them a solid. Let's support their business. Being uh, one of those local businesses that are very pro-UL is unfortunately uh, a kind of a – uh, few and far between at this point, but uh, we're going to change that. We're going to fix that, and I want to. I wanted to highlight them. Nick, have you had any experience? If you have, let the people know. I have not, but I will be soon because I guarantee you, I will be um, supporting the people who support the Cajun. So, um, yeah, excited to uh, excited for that development. Same, and now we don't have to complain about where we can get shirts and hats. So it's thirty ten three zero one zero College Saloon Road, Lafayette, Louisiana seven zero five zero eight. If you are the Calling type, people still do that. 337-232-7077 is the phone number. And you can catch them at absolutelyembroideryandmore.com on the World Wide Web. So just wanted to highlight them. And uh, sounds like a great business. I hope they keep keeping on. Uh, and, and we need them. We need as many of those as we can get. So there's that. Fellas, it's Monday of game week. Probably one of the most anticipated Sunbelt conferences matchups that I can remember very long time. Marshall coming to the belt with branding and national recognition. They have 
a win against Notre Dame under their belt. I mean, this is a team that is well-known around the country. Happy to have them in the league. Uh, even more happy to be playing them on national TV and our first trip up to Huntington, West Virginia. So before we get to Andre, which that'll be in just a moment, how do you feel going in? How do you feel in general about the team and where we're at? Jerry, we'll start with you. Well, I think right now, I think this game has, we have a lot to prove on national TV. It's a conference game. It's very important. Um, this could be a game that can really right the ship if we do things well and, and execute. Um, this is one of those games where I think this this can really create a huge sense of momentum moving forward if, if we were able to go down and win. And I'm excited because I think Marshall's a great, uh, it's a great measuring stick for us to see where we are. So I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm excited to see to to go and uh, give Marshall a challenge. I know the I'm excited to hear what what Andre has to say. I'm very I'm very excited about the fact that we got a 10 day break. I think it was much needed, but I think now it's it's going to be fun. I, I mean, and, and to be on national TV anytime you get to play on national TV and uh, show off the Raging Cajun brand, it's very important. So looking forward to a great game Wednesday night, and uh, I'm hoping to go to Huntington and we can bring back that W. Uh, and get ready for a blackout against Arkansas State. Look, I'm just going to say I'm pumped up because I feel like I needed that 10-day break as well just to kind of get 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 a Saturday to myself, watch other teams, not stress out this weekend. Saints played Sunday. We got a big win. Um, so, look, I needed that break. I needed to clear my head. I, I'm pumped up because, one, we're playing at Marshall. Marshall is historically – they're a traditional powerhouse back in the day and they still have, you know, they, they live off of that. And I appreciate the tradition and the history behind the Marshall name and the thundering herd. So one, that's why I'm excited Two, I think this is the week that we write the ship. And I know Marshall, we're going to talk about stats and we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen next week. But I think we have an opportunity to, to really get things rolling um, I'm excited for Ben, Ben being named the starter, starter, unfortunately, because of Chandler's injury, but I'm excited for Ben to get the snaps for the whole game and see what kind of momentum he can carry because he had some good throws last week. And as the game went on, I felt like he got better. So I'm excited to see him, uh, start next week. So again, maybe, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm wanting to go to, uh, to Marshall and, and upset their little, quote unquote revenge game whatever that means so uh it should be fun i'm ready for it they can have a re revenge game all they want this is a good old-fashioned get right game for us this is an opportunity to go on the road beat a good team i don't care what the record is they're a solid football team they play good defense they play football it's a good chance to go on the road get a, it's a get right game you can turn your entire season around in 60 minutes i think that's what we're looking at so without further ado we're going to bring in andre jones starting linebacker for the raging cajun football team before we do that, I'm going to thank Gordon McKernan, injury attorneys, and their media team. Lauren Lane was our point of contact. She was fantastic to deal with. They made this interview possible. Happy that Andre was able to join. Unfortunately, Dante Fleming couldn't do it tonight. He had some business to attend to. Uh, but, Andre, we're very thankful that you could join us, man. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing pretty fine tonight. Good, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah. where are you coming from? Are, did you already get on a plane? You, you still hanging back in no, Lafayette? or? No, I'm at home right now. I was watching the uh, Chiefs and Raiders game tonight. Yeah, all of us. We're kind of glancing over. I see us. <laughs> that's good, though. Hey, that's that's a question I wanted to ask you before we get into the questions. How much football do y'all get to watch? Because you're normally playing on a primetime slot on Saturday. Having the game on uh, Wednesday kind of gives you an opportunity to, to watch some football. Yeah. 
We do, because we, like, we be in the locker room, like, you know, got TVs on the wall and stuff, like, so, like, we stay watching, like, other teams and stuff, like the NFL teams, the college teams, we stay watching. How much so, Sunbelt ball do you get to watch? Oh, uh, like, this past Saturday, we got to watch some, and, like, we know, we watch some of the teams in our conference, and it was, like, was shocking to us, like, they lost the other team, we were, like, wow. Like, like, that uh, Texas State game? Yeah, that's just, yeah, that blew me away. And uh, the James Madison Arkansas State game too, so it got it got out of hand like in the last couple of minutes of that game. It kind of put it close, head in to the uh, late fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The conference has gotten so much better, and yeah. every yeah. week is a grind now. Uh, talk yeah. about the Cajuns, man. Obviously, <clears throat> you come off a brutal loss against South Isle, man. We all kind of hurt with that one. Uh, ULM, you never want to lose in Monroe, but it happens. Um, yeah. How how does it how is the team's morale? How do you guys feel? You know, the reason uh, why I asked the question is because a lot of times teams can splinter over losses like that. You know, people start yeah. to kind of get down on themselves or, or maybe lose trust in certain teammates. Where are we at in the locker room as far as trust and morale? I think the last three games, I think we'll grow closer. Like like the first loss, you know, made an open eyes or like we gotta we gotta be close because I feel like I feel like most of the team, we, most of the team, we close. I feel like we just like with the details and stuff being close is like, like when stuff hit the fan in the game, like we got to be together. If we're not together, then like we can't pull together in it, and like you know we get serious in the game. And and these couple of losses, like you know, it was a blessing in disguise because like last couple of weeks in practice, like you would just see the energy in practice, like we're going closer together, closer and closer together, like you know. Like we counting each other, like we having competition stuff at the end. Coach Dez, like we uh, Coach Dez talked to the uh, team captain, asked like, what can we do, you know, to make us finish better, and like we having competition stuff at the end of practice, and like if the offense win, the defense got to do like twenty pushups, including the coaches. If the defense win, like the offense got to do uh, pushups, and Coach Dez got to do pushups too. So like you know, it just bring, and then we making the sidelines like so you know in in practice. You know, sideline, you gotta chill like it's the game. So we make we, we make it more of a game environment in the practice. Like playing we playing we practicing like it's the game, basically. The idea of Dez and, and Lamar and all those guys doing push ups because somebody couldn't catch pass is great. <laughs> so Andre, first of all, man, I gotta say, I'm fanning out right now, man, because like we're, yeah, we do a podcast, but we're fans at heart, right? I mean, we've all and we're all invested in this program for so many years. Yeah. So, dude, we're all excited to have you on here. I just wanted to point yeah. that out that I'm fanning out right now, man. Sure. Uh, but going back to that and, and being a fan, you know, all we talked about was our 15 game win streak. All we talked to heard on the media, 15 games win streak, you know, longest in the nation. So you kind of touched on that in your in your comments. But talk to me a little about, bit about what were you guys talking about that? Was that as important to you or was that like one of those things in the locker room where you don't talk about it? Cause you don't want to jinx it. We didn't really talk about it. Like it's like, cause we were basically like, it's a new team. We got like, we know what, like we know what we working with this year and we know like we're going to face tough times and stuff like that this year. So like that being out the window, that was out the window, like really in the spring, like, okay, we're in there. We, it's a new team this year. We got a lot of the same players and stuff. But it's a new team this year, so like we got a lot of new faces that's gonna be playing more and stuff like that. People playing bigger roles and stuff like that. We ain't worried about that fifteen. We were like we really have been taking it one game at a time though, to be honest. We have. You know, and I I like to say like 
Like, no disrespect to the opponents that we lost to. We beat ourselves. You look at it, we really beat ourselves. Like, the little things, getting a flag. Like, it, it just haven't been nobody, like, with the with the team, guys, I we talked to the team, we like, it really haven't been nobody just, like, upright, just beat us. Like, they better than us. They, we just beat ourselves. Not doing, like, just say you got 11 players on the field and one player don't do his job. That, that can cost us, you know, say we get, like, a 40-yard game and one player don't do his job, get a flag or something. Like, we beat ourselves. That's how it been. The, like, the three games we lost, we beat ourselves. It hurts worse. It hurts like it hurts more because, like I said, no disrespect to the opponents, but it wasn't better than us. It wasn't better. Than us. And it's it's sad to see like you know, like teams we don't lost to. They had like they won the Super Bowl, but you know, you win some, you lose some, and we just gonna keep moving on. We 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 didn't win the three games, but we got seven more games, and we're gonna take we're gonna take we're gonna take those and they'll do the best with those. We ain't gonna take these for granted though. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, man, because that's something that I think me, Josh, Jerry have all said this season. There's so many times it ain't a talent problem. We got the talent, right? We just have to put it all together. We got to stop the silly mistakes. And I think once we do that, we're going to have a lot of success for the rest of the season. To this point, uh, you know, there's been some adversity, obviously. We're, we we haven't had a, a three-game losing streak in quite a while. So talk to me a little bit about what lessons you think we're learning as we go um as as you know again we we're not used to losing over the last few years so so talk to me about yeah. what you've learned over the past uh, couple games yeah i wouldn't consider these three games a losing streak because like we're just going through something that's all i want to have no disrespect i just want to consider it like a losing streak like we just i would just say we beat ourselves out the game which is that's what we did we beat ourselves out the game we didn't we didn't finish finish we didn't finish and that's what we've been known for finishing. We just gotta get back to the basics. That's all. It don't matter who about what coaches left or what players left. We got we, we all we got. We all we need. And we just like the little things. We pray. We like you know the other players. We preached on that in the summertime. And, you know, and people realize now. Okay, little things is really important. Yeah. Like they don't just start in the game. It starts in the whole week. We getting prepared for the game, doing the little things. You know. So. Like I want you to see this, consider this like a, a losing streak. Like, like we we better than we better than that, you know. Just because we lose three games doesn't doesn't mean like oh we're not the same. Like we're gonna be okay. Just have, keep having faith in us. Like we got faith in God. Keep having faith in us. Well, you know, Andre, um, we've been around this program a long time, so uh, a three game losing streak is nothing compared to what we used to experience back then. Amen. <laughs> Winning three games in a season was an accomplishment at one time before, but this was before your time. Uh, you know, you win four or five games and that was, you know, it was, we were ready to party. Now you win four or five games and we're all freaking out. So uh, it's good to see that the bar has been raised for this program, but uh, alluding to, to the, to the team right now, I know the, the morale is still, is still there. I, I know you guys, you know, like you just said, there's a little bit of a bump on a bump in the road. It happens. But, you know, one thing I noticed as a fan uh, when I go to the games, I remember a few years ago, you would have Coach Tiger with the baton, the touchdown baton. Then you would have the turnover. You'd have the turnover spikes you'd wear. And there was a lot of um, camaraderie on the sideline uh, that where there was always something like you would always get like reward. Right? Yeah. yeah, like that it would boost the morale. This year, it's been a little bit more mellow. And I'm, I'm saying this. 
yeah. as a fan observing from the stands. Uh, and when I say mellow, like I see you guys, you know, you, you'll, you'll get excited on the sideline, but I don't see like, we're, we're, do y'all have, still have a celebration yeah. or anything like that? Um, we do. We, that we, have? we get back to it. It's just like, you know, we like, we have so many verses that we facing. Like it's a new coach. Like we ain't seen a new coach. Coach been here. That's my dog. So like, you know, it's like a lot of things new and we've been forgetting about like, we have, I think one thing we didn't we didn't do with these them three games we lost, we weren't having fun. Like with Coach Nathan still he was strict and stuff, but we still had fun. And like that coach Dez taking care of us. He loved us. He like we practiced in the right way and stuff. Like we just get to the game, I remember like we gotta have fun. We gotta celebrate. We make a tackle, anything, we gotta celebrate. So that's what I was saying, like with the practice and stuff like that. We did. We talked about that two, two weeks ago, and we we talked about making changes during practice. So like, practice like like it's the game, like playing it like it's the game, like on the sideline with more energy and stuff like that. The crazy thing is though, we the ones missing that the coach did. Like you know, and like we had our own like team like player led meeting. We talked the whole team with the team captain and stuff like. And anybody else can talk too. Even if you're not a team captain, and we said like we gotta get back to the old stuff. Like you know. We had just because some players were here, like, you know, to say something, like, you know, bring something to the attention. Because, like, we, we just can't be going through the motions. We can't. We can't. We're too good for that. Can we expect some type of, like, when I'm when we're watching ESPN2 on, on Wednesday night, if, if Andre Jones makes a sack or re- recovers a fumble, can we expect some type of uh, gadget on the sideline to be looking for? Or what, what, are, we, uh, what are we looking at here? Oh, uh, I'm not sure yet. I ain't going to make no promises. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you a joke, but I won't tell you a lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just uh, giving you a hard time, man. I'm, I'm just yeah. kidding, but, uh, but you know, anyway. So, uh, Coach Dez said um, in an interview this morning that you know we Ben Woldridge will be the starting quarterback. Uh, mm. um, Chandler's facing a little bit of shoulder problems. We yeah. wish him well for a speedy recovery, yeah. uh, but. Uh, on the depth chart, a lot of fans were wondering who's backing them up, and we've heard it's going to be between Zai and Zion. And I know Zion, Chris, has been a big name coming in. He's, uh, you know, he's a very talented quarterback. Had a lot of hype. Uh, have you had the chance to face him at practice? And and what type of skills does he bring? Even though he's a freshman, I'm sure he's still learning the speed of the game at the collegiate level. But what are some yeah. some things you've seen about Zion as far as his potential um, in the moving forward in the future? Oh. Uh. I would say foremost that, that that's one humble guy. I would say he reminds me of Levi. Like when Levi first came in, cause me and Levi came in together. Like he he real humble. Like he real like real humble. Like you gonna get to know him one day. And I ain't gonna say nothing about his abilities and stuff and practices and things he do. I really just re- let y'all be the, like let it be like a surprise. Like when Levi first came, in, he like oh he's a short quarterback and stuff. Like but when he got in the game, everybody was like wow. This guy is talented. You know, I just rather keep it that way, but I'll let y'all know he's like real respectful and humble. Does he? How, how do you feel if, if you go against him with the twos? Because I know the skill guys get to go and do reps with QB one and two. I know you probably play against those guys in practice. This is not an ability question, but as far as the grasp of the offense, you feel like he's got a pretty good grasp of the offense when you go against him? Yes, yes, he does. He does. Like, you know, he's he a freshman. Like, so, you know, he's going to make mistakes. Like, you know, he's a freshman. But for the foremost, like, he got, like, with the offense, he got a good grasp for it. All our quarterbacks have a good grasp for it. Like, anybody getting there, like, it's just like getting there to do your job. Just have fun with it. Do your job. That's all. 
Well, he Mike even said that Zai is one of the smartest guys on the team, and he knows the playbook back and forth. So, yes. I mean, I'm I'm honestly interested to see him play. I I want to see yeah. what all these guys can do. Another humble guy, like he hungry, like he real hungry. Young guys in the quarterback room, they hungry. They just waiting on their turn. I like it. So I have a question about uh, you. Like you said, you've been here since Levi. You, you're a veteran on this team. You know, you've you've seen some linebackers come and go, uh, but you're kind of the guy right now. I mean, we lost Lorenzo. We lost Farad. We lost a couple other guys to injury, and it's you and Ty and uh, Osai also was very, very good, very talented. Yeah. And Jordan, Jordan Quibodeau from Acadian High. Yeah. What have you seen out of this linebacker core? Because let's be frank, a lot of snaps between Zoe and uh, and Farad, when they left, a lot of snaps. That's yeah. gone out the, out the door. What have you seen out of this linebacker core that really makes you impressed? And and inexperienced guys getting key snaps. What, what have you seen out of them? For the first thing I've seen, like, them guys, been, they've been close the whole year since the spring. Like, whoever's starting in the backups to the third string, like, you know, they've been close. Like, they've been on each other, like, the whole – even like if a starter mess up in practice, something like the backup telling, okay, boom, you're supposed to do this, and they've been like, like holding each other, like being accountable with each other. That's the like that's the most impressive thing. Like, like in a linebacker room, or like the whole linebacker room holding each other accountable and like looking out for each other. Like just because I ain't starting, me, I can't look out for you. Like you know, that's the most impressive thing. So like, cause I I re- I think they they realize, okay, if I go down or when you come in the game. The like the standard shouldn't go down. Like it should stay high or go high, you know. So that's the that's the most impressive thing with the linebacker room. And like Coach Scott doing a great job with them. Like he stay on them twenty four seven, twenty four seven. It could be mid play in practice, he on them. <laughs> so that's the most impressive thing, though. Hey, speaking of Coach Scott, uh, Mike Richard asks, uh, "Who does the best push ups and who needs work?" <laughs> I got don't sleep on Coach Ross, the offensive line coach. Don't sleep on him. He be hitting the push-ups now. <laughs> That's good, man. So uh, from a defensive standpoint, and all when I'm talking to you, I'm gonna always focus on the linebacker core. But from a defense standpoint, where can we improve? Well, before I ask that question, who's Mike right now? Who's, Wh- Mike? who's the Mike linebacker right now? Yeah. Is it Jordan? That's Quill. Yeah, it's Quill. Yeah, it's Quill. Okay, good. Okay, so in general. In in general, where where can we improve, and where do you think we've overachieved to this point? Just communication. Like the, the times we don't mess up, it's been communication. That's all on the field. Like the alpha and all that stuff is there. Like like in this game, you got to com- communicate on defense. Ain't, ain't no ain't no such thing keeping a secret what we're doing. Like you know, if you go out there and execute the way you're supposed to, they can't they can't stop us. Nobody can stop us. We're too talented. You know? And just, again, we're fans, man. We sit in the stands, we drink beer, we watch the game. But just to tell you, and players and fans experience the game totally different, obviously. But just just if I'm making an observation from this year as opposed to last year, obviously we were experienced in a, in a big way last year. But to me, it's a, it, it feels like, and I'll make this comment, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong or right, but it feels like sometimes we think too much rather than just react. And I thought last year we didn't have to think, we just played. I th- it seems like this year we're starting to think more and then react. So I've noticed right. that. And then a little bit of lack of communication. But the weird thing is, is that I find the communication has been poor in the secondary. And that blew my mind because some of our oldest guys, you got Bishop, you got Podesco, you got Braylon, who's been there for like 16 years. You know what I mean? Like these guys are old. They've been doing this long, a long time. 
do you feel like the communication in the back end has been a little bit baffling, or or what do you think? I would just say we just we can do better. The whole defense we can do better. That's all. Like you know, like it well, communication evolves with everybody. Like we just do better. Like you know, I'm not is is nothing else to it. Like we just can do better. I'm not gonna make excuses of this and that and that. We could just do better, and we gonna do better. You know, we we know we know what we got to do going forward. I think you will do better. Uh, so first year DC Lamar Morgan. I love the guy. When we needed a DC, he was the first name that I mentioned. I'm glad he got the job. What is what is the identity that he wants out of this defense? What does he want you to be known for? And I'll give you a couple examples to pick from. Is it is it are we going to be stoppers in the red zone? Are we going to dominate on third down? Is are we going to be a turnover defense? What does he preach to his defense in you know day in and day out so they can go out on the field and produce? He wants to play fast, like play fast and play hard every play, and he wants us to communicate and he wants us to stick together. Like that's like that's a couple of the main things, and like he want he want the best for us. He want like he want he try to put everybody in a position to where they can make plays. You know, like he want like he want he want the best for us. And he like he be on us doing practice like every day, like he flying up the field like we miss it like something like he find he reload reload the play, like he just want the best for us like he care about us like he really do like like this man like put everything he put he'll put his whole house up for us, like he put his mortgage up for anything for us. Dre, give me a story real quick about something that Lamar did that made you feel like all right this guy is a real deal he really cares about these players. Uh, when we first came back. Like just going to talk to everybody on defense. Like he asked me, you know, about playing outside linebacker this year. Like he want, like, like I think you should play, play that because like you show the scouts like however years. And like I was going to mention to him anyway, but like you know, they they gave me the opportunity. Like he came, like I care about you. Like I want to see you do this, like and do that. So like I want to give you the opportunity to do that. You've been around this. You've been around here for a long time. You've been doing right by the program. So, like, we should reward you. Like that. As, a, as a player, what does that do for you? I mean, honestly, what, is, what does that do for Andre Jones, who's been here, done the dirty work behind the scenes? People don't necessarily know the things you've done. You get a coach that comes in here, brand new guy, after you've been comfortable with other guys, and tells you something like that. How, how does that make you feel as a man, not necessarily just as a player? As, well, I can't say something. As a player, as a player, when you have a coach like that, that when you see like a coach really care about you, and like he really like, he genuinely love, it make the players play harder, play harder for their coach, and that's like a that's a different type of plan. Like when you have players that play for their coach, like you know, so like that's that's a different type of plan. As a man, like you know, it's basically almost the same way. Like man, dang, you really care about me. So like, it's basically like then I can't let them down. That's how I look at it. Like, yeah, you want to play for guys like that, right? Um, I'm gonna switch topics because Josh will talk about defense all night long. So I'm gonna switch topics a little <laughs> defensive bit. Defensive guy, baby. Hey, hey, cut him off. Uh, let's talk about the Cajun Field crowd, man. Obviously, last year championship game, packed house, loud. They were into the game. It was fun. There was an intensity there from our crowd. Um, so obviously that's gonna get you juiced up. Talk to me a little bit about when you know for whatever reason, maybe it's a lightning delay and the crowd goes away, or maybe it's just one of those. 
maybe it's an FCS opponent that's not sexy to our fans and they don't show up. And so you have a smaller crowd. How does that affect you guys? Does, is, does, does that take away some of that juice that you get from the from the energy from the bigger crowds? Or is this just like game on, home game, let's get to it? I would say in a way, in a way, because, you know, just think about that time when we played Monroe at home and that crowd we had, it wasn't, it wasn't packed, but we had a good crowd and it came down to a field goal and stuff like that. That last, like the defense was on the field and to make them miss the field goal, that crowd got loud though. You know, like crunch times, like when you get crunch times, like, you know, the crowd do play a factor in the game. Like, you know, them cheering on. It's good to see fans come. Wherever fans come to the game, we're grateful. Just put it like that. We're grateful. They could, they come and they, they take a time. They, they spend their time coming to see us play, you know. And at the same time, you know, like I said, we all got, so we go on that field. Like, we go on the field. We like, like, you know, the fans here, they're here. They're not, they're not. Like, okay, cool. Like, you know, no hard feelings. We're going to go out here and play this ball, and we're going to get this win. And let's talk about speaking of crowds. You know, we're there's, I expect, in Huntington, West Virginia, on Wednesday night, there's going to be a big crowd. They're going to be amped up. Uh, like I said, they're calling it a revenge game or whatever, but yeah. I, I expect it's our first home conference game in the Sun Belt Conference. So it's going to be a big one for them. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But but aside from that, let's talk about all the, the road trips you've gotten to take as a as a college football player. What is the one place that you travel to for a game that you really had a good time, really kind of sticks out in your head that uh, that that's your favorite road trip? And why is that? I think App State or or Georgia Southern. Them people crazy. <laughs> Them people crazy. <laughs> Them people are crazy. They they crazy. Uh, speaking of the uh, Marshall, we talked about this day, and we was like, cause we already made everybody aware that like you know it's, it's worried in the way like Marshall fans get disrespectful and throw stuff at you and stuff like that. So like. Like just not be talking to the fans and stuff like that. No matter doing the game, like we lose and winning, don't be talking to the fans. Don't tune them out. Like don't let them let them get in your head. They throw something at you, keep walking. You know, ain't no ain't no sense of like, cause you gonna do something dumb, you go retaliate. Like, let's not do these guns. Let's not do anything to cost us for getting this win. Speaking of which, uh, you 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 know we can expect I'm sure a decent crowd in Huntington. It's going to be nationally televised. It. It's their first official Sunbelt Conference game at home. Uh, and, of course, we get the honor of, of being that opponent. Um, talk a little bit about the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, I know you and your teammates and the coaching staff have looked at some film. I know you're, trying, you're, you're as well prepared as you can be, hopefully, going into Wednesday. What are some things you've seen from Marshall uh, offensively, defensively? What are some traits that you've noticed that you're going to have to be aware of for Wednesday night? Uh, just overall, just give us kind of an overall picture from a – a player's perspective of what you can expect from Marshall uh, when y'all go down there to Huntington. Uh, run, they gonna run the ball. They got a good running attack. They got two good running backs. Like they got good price and they got two good, two good running backs. You know, I mean, you see when the one we played against in the bowl game, and the other one they transferred number eight. They just two, they took good running backs, and they're supposed to be uh, Ali first game back. You know, they got so they have a good running attack. With everything else, I don't want to really get into it. I just really like want to go out there and play and like dominate. That's all. So we, I made the comment at the top where I said it's a get right game. That's how I look at it as a fan. It's a get right game. It's a game that can turn the season back to a successful season. Kind of sets you on the right track. Now again, fans and players look at it differently. Do you kind of see it that way? 
does the team kind of see it that way? Opportunity to go on the road, get away, yeah. get a win, and come back and start over. Yes, yes. Like, we hungry right now. Like, this losing three games don't feel good at all. Like, losing don't feel good at all. Like, we hungry right now. We hungry. We're like, like we've been, we got some humble pies. Like, we are, we are hungry right now. Hungry than ever. Like, I really feel like this, I just, like, we just want everybody to have, keep having faith in it. That's all. Like, it's just because we hit a couple bumps in a row in, it, that means it's going to be a disaster. Don't lose faith in the whole team. Don't lose faith in the coaches. But at the same time, we be like, well, we really don't care what the people think. We know what we got going on. Like, you know, to prove ourselves right instead of proving anybody else right. Prove ourselves right. That's exactly the answer that I wanted you to say. Uh, the last question was from Ryan, as a, as a good friend of mine. He said, ask him about how they receive the fan comments on, whether it be message boards or social media or whatever. Now, I know that's a tough question to answer, and I know you got to tread lightly, but I'll say this. This fan base has not understood. We've not had a winner here until classes like you came through, you know, Levi's class, and a little bit before, you know, we had some winning years under HUD, but – Really, the fan base is just learning how to be a winner. So they don't deal with losses very well. Now, I think we do a good job of kind of staying on track and keeping trying to keep these people in line. It's like herding cats, but we try to do our best. How does how does that what is it like in the in the locker room? Like you come out here, you bust your ass, you win 13 games, the next year you come back, you work hard again in the offseason, and you go through a rough patch and you're two and three. And you get on the social media and you got some idiot talking about how we're no good and death sucks and Andre Jones yeah. ain't no good and all this shit. How do, how uh, does that how does that play in the locker room, Dre? You can be honest with me. Uh in the locker room, I mean we see it. Everybody see it. Like <laughs> I mean You, can't, you can't not see it. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like some of it be shocking, but at the same time, we can't be mad. Everybody gonna have their opinion. Or what they think, and they everybody got the right to speak their opinion how they feel, you know. But at the same time, sometimes you gotta, you can't let the rocks hurt you, you can't let words hurt you. We just keep keep going. We like I said, we know what we got on our team, we know what we working with. But at the same time, like I'm not gonna disrespect nobody, or it's just like, you know, when we winning, everything everything good, you know, everybody happy. You know, we lose a few games, you know, people mad because they. I mean, people love people love the cages. They probably, I would just say that people want the best for us. At the same time, they gotta realize sometimes you sometimes everything ain't gonna be sweet. You know, you gonna you gonna hit a couple hit a, hit a couple bumps, but anything you know, we all gotta stick together. The raising cage community, we gotta stick together, stick by our side, like like, like a marriage, like stick stick through thin. <laughs> I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time here. Uh, I'm going to let these guys talk to you before we get off, but I wanted to say thanks for choosing to be a Raging Cajun. It's guys like you that make us proud to be Cajuns. The last few years have been fantastic, but in a weird way, I'm more, I'm more interested to see how we're going to get out of this rut and overcome, and that might even be a little bit sweeter, and that's the truth. So, again, thank you for coming on Raging Review. Thank you for choosing to be a Raging Cajun. I hope Lafayette treats you well, man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, Andre, I, uh, you know, I, I've had the chance to see you speak a few times. I've noticed you, you, there's a presence about you in that locker room that just 
oozes leadership and uh, you're a great ambassador to this football team. You're a great ambassador to this university. You know, when you put on that raging Cajun helmet, you don't just represent a football team. You represent an entire Cajun culture. You represent what we're all about in South Louisiana. And for that, you know, thank you so much for putting the blood, sweat and tears into that football program. Thank you so much for choosing to come to this university because you represent us. And so um, with that said, I wish you the best of luck Wednesday night. And look, one thing about Cajuns, man, we persevere, right? We persevere. So uh, we have a golden opportunity in Huntington Wednesday night. And uh, regardless of what people say on social media, regardless of what people say on message boards, we're going to be watching you on TV, cheering you, cheer, cheering hard for you uh, to bring home that win on uh, on Wednesday night back to Lafayette and hopefully get a win streak going from there. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Same thing, dude. Thank you for coming on. Kick some ass this weekend. 19 sacks. You're going to be a part of that. It's going to be a huge game. We're going to get the W. So good luck, man. I appreciate y'all. All right, Jerry. Be good, man. Y'all take it sure. easy. Andre Jones. That, that was, was fun. enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I wish we could have had Dante, but he had a thing, and that's fine. We'll get him back on another time. But uh, appreciative of the opportunity again from the Gordon McKernan team, media team, Lauren Lane. Thanks again. That was fun. Hopefully we can continue the relationship going forward. Anybody want to react to some of those comments? Because I, I got some stuff stored. Ryan sent in that question late, and it, it brings up something that we don't really spend a lot of time talking about. But players nowadays, I mean, they're so interconnected with social media and boards and the TV coverage that they get. It's easy to throw the stones at the glass houses. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to get on there and fire off a tweet. Now, you guys know my style. I will I will critique a coach 10 times over before I'll say anything about a, a player in, in particular. Now, I think that we've had some opportunity here as a fan base to be able to get upset and be, be upset about, you know, discipline problems and bad penalties and things like that. And it doesn't take much to kind of snowball and then people get brave and they start saying things about 20-year-old and 22-year-old kids, and I'm 100% against that. But I don't think we spend a lot of time thinking about the individual psyche of the players that have to read that stuff, you know, and they're supposed to be on our team. And by no means am I saying that critiques are not allowed because they are allowed, but there's a way to do it. And I think the majority of our fan base does a decent job. But there's been some pretty ugly stuff lately on the boards and on the, on the uh, social media sites. A anybody agree? Anybody think that that's a little overplayed? No, I, I don't think it's overplayed, but I think that's a victim of your success because you look at, you look at the team down the road that in 2019 went undefeated and they were bashing player. And now that's a whole different story that we can focus on at a different yes. time. But it's just to say any big program out there that is well known. And, and I mean, I guarantee you, you go on an Alabama message board today and they're, they're complaining about a player and wanting to get him kicked off the team. Right. So yeah, 100% agree with you. It's not the right thing to do because they chose to be here. Um, now, if again, NFL, those guys are getting paid. That's one thing. And and yeah, technically there's NIL. But then again, you're not signing a contract. You were you were coming to a school because you chose us over other schools. So uh, I'm with you. And I think we do a really good job of, of that um, because in the end, I get it. They're 21, 22 year old. And, and I know we say kids, they're, they're grown adults, but they're figuring things out as they go. And I'm, I'm never going to bash a guy for choosing to come here, choosing to be a raging Cajun, choosing to wear Louisiana across their chest. Um, but yes, Josh, we know that you will criticize coaching. We know very well you will criticize coaching. 
Listen, man, if you get paid to do something and you don't do it right, I'm saying something. I'm just, I'm sorry. If I go to a restaurant and the food sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks. It's just how it is. But the whole, the whole thing about the, the criticizing and everything, they're kids when it fits the narrative and they're grownups when it fits the narrative. This is how it works. That's how things are in 2022. But it, it's a little bit of insight into the psyche of the guys that you root for on Saturdays. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people stop and think about that. It's easy to have a couple of bush lights and sit there in your jorts and fire off mean tweets about some guy in the, in the defensive secondary who can't, can't cover a bed. You know what I mean? It's easy to do that. So I, I do my absolute best to not do that. Now, if you get paid to do a job, it's a different deal. It's like being a, a weather anchor. All right. It's a public position. I get to say whatever I want. I also think, too, that a lot of times as fans, and, and I'm, I'll be the first to say I'm guilty of it, we sometimes believe that these players are in a bubble, like the locker room is a bubble and they don't read the outside news because they're such a close-knit group and they ignore the noise. When in reality, what's the first the first thing they do sometimes is they probably pull out their phone, go on social media after a game or before a game, and they, they see those things. And so, uh, you know, I've always been very cognizant of that, especially, I mean, Nick, you know, being part of the baseball team. You know, I was a student manager for the football team. I, I was there when we lost to McNeese. And let me tell you, the fan base wasn't too happy about that. Heck, I wasn't too happy about that. But you could tell it kind of poured into the players the week after at practice. So I definitely understand it, too. I definitely understand it, too. And I think I think players mostly should be off limits there. Yeah, don't say anything. I, my whole philosophy is don't say anything that you don't want your real name attached to. If I'm if I don't want my real name attached to it, I'm not going to hide behind a screen name and say something like that. So uh, that's my philosophy. If I don't want people to know I'm saying these things, I'm not going to say it. It's a good, it's a good rule to live by. Also, if you wouldn't say it in person, that's kind of what I go by. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but we know Josh, you'll you'll say a lot uh, of. Yeah, you don't, you don't think twice. It's a, you know, it's it's your forte. But that's all right. That's but Jerry right. will also tell you, I'll never throw the fun, the first punch. Never, never. No, no. To your no, that's a good point. And also too, you know, sometimes you have fans that like. If, if you're a fan of a coach, that's great. Okay, I, I get that. But then sometimes it's like I find when coaches, fans speak on behalf of coaches. When I, I And I always say I like to allude to the Godfather part two, right? When Hyman Roth says this is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who did this I because it was about it was nothing about business. In other words, you can't take things personal in an industry like this because it comes with a territory. It's part of the job. When you're a coach getting paid six or seven figures, you're going to get criticized. So that's a lot different than a player that, you know, of course, before NAL wasn't really getting paid anything. They were just going to school. They get their scholarship. But when you're a coach, I think that is more fair game because it is an industry and it's part of the job. So there's definitely a difference there. Dude's quoting the worst godfather, but okay, I'll take it. Well, I wasn't trying to imitate. I was just, I was just kind of referencing it to be regardless. Honest. It's no, he's saying part two was the worst. <laughs> oh well, well, it's still, but it still relates to what I said. I mean, let's be honest. No, hundred percent, still the worst. Yeah, the, the coaching business, the, the coaching business is gross in a lot of ways, right? I mean, look at our own situation where Billy leaves. You know, there's a handshake deal in place. He comes back, raids the cat, the, the cupboard. I mean, it's it's a gross business, but at the same time, it's it's. I don't want to say kill or get killed, but I don't want to be, but it is, it's kill or get killed. It's, it's dog eat dog, whatever you want to call it. I think they're, I, I think they're fair game, man. If you're going to get paid millions of dollars to coach kids on the gridiron, come on. I, I don't want to hear you complaining when I say that you don't know how to call an offensive game 
I mean, really, what am I really saying? That's so offensive to you. No pun intended. Marshall is a get right. I'm going to keep saying it. It's a get right game. It's an opportunity to go on the road, beat a quality team, a recognizable opponent. You can get the fans back in the fold. Although homecoming was the biggest crowd of the year and we had lost three in a row. So who knows who's going to show up? I have my theories on that if we have time. Um, you beat Marshall, I think you can salvage the season. And when I say salvage it, I mean, you never know what can happen after that. You can go on a run. You can go on a run. And I think there, there, are, uh, there are opportunities, man. I know everybody's, you know, they're talking about how Ali, Ali is going to cut Rashid Ali or whatever is coming back. The guy's been out for, I don't know how long, nine months, seven months. Is, do we really believe he's going to be a, a, a huge impact? I, I, I don't. I think that maybe it changes the game plan. It changes the defensive plan because you got to account for a guy that has that much talent. But are they really going to hand the guy the ball 25 times and expect him to average four, five, six yards a carry? I don't. I think he's going to probably be a decoy or a home run type situation, it, depending on how much he gets on a field. So, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't necessarily think that that's such a big deal as Jerry just uh, completely lost. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. He needs some weird gang sign to like him out. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm with you, Josh. I think Ali, again, he is the best. If, if he makes it on the field, he will be the best player on the field. But he's not going to be 100% Ali. No. It doesn't matter how you look at it. So will he will he add a different another dimension to Marshall's rushing attack? 100% yes. But, you know, we were talking, and we talked to the Marshall guys earlier in the week. Hopefully our fans had a chance to listen to that because there was some great content and a great perspective uh, by those guys. But one thing that I noticed that they talked about so much was their rushing attack. They're going to rush and run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it up down our throats. And I get it. They probably will. And and my whole thought is we have to contain it. We we don't stop it. But let's look at the their their stats real quick on the rushing side of the ball. So they have... Let me go back to it. Rushing stats. Okay. Let's compare their rushing to us. They have 1,100 yards of rushing on the season. We have 700. Okay. That is insane. And you look at that and you're going, holy cow. That is just, I mean, they're, they're almost doubling and doubling us up in the rushing game. 600 yards of those 1,100 came during the two FCS games that they played this season. So that tells you right there. Yes, they can rush the ball. Padding stats. But they're padding stats, right? So do I think they have a good rushing attack? Yes. But here's the other problem they have. Let's talk about Columbia or Columbia, however he says his name. Is it Columbia? I think it's Columbia. I think it's Columbia, yeah. We'll go with that. Dude's got a, a 95 yards of rushing this season, right? He's got 111 negative yards of rushing. You know why? Talked about it earlier. Earlier, 19 sacks on the season. His, his offensive line allowed 19 sacks. That's why I told Andre, hey, we're going to be able to eat this week if we have that game plan in place, which I'm hoping we do. But if we put pressure, and I know we like to, to rush four, I still think we can get pressure rushing four this week. Well, Nick, look at the last few games. I mean, look at South Alabama. The defensive line was ferocious. Yeah. I mean, it really was by far the best game of the season. And it seems like that they are improving uh, game by game, week by week. It seems like our aggressiveness, our aggressive nature is returning. Now, losing Weiser, Marcus Weiser's out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can get into that. I don't know if everybody knows the details, but he's out. Uh, and he's not coming back anytime soon. So that's a loss. However, Sonny Hazard got on the field and made plays and looked great doing it. McGriff's been good. Uh, uh, not Nelson. Uh, 
Narcisse, before he got thrown out of the game a couple games ago, looked good. I think that the 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 set, the two and threes that are coming up and making plays in their rotations, they look like they're getting some confidence. Maybe they're getting more comfortable in the defense. I don't know what the deal is, but the defensive line for the Cajuns is getting better every game. So to your point, they're padding stats against bad teams, and they're going in my view, they're going into a buzzsaw in the front seven for the Cajuns that's playing good football right now. Yeah, and but what I will say is while they're padding stats on the offensive side of the ball and while I think we're going to have success defensively against them, their defense is pretty good too. You consider that they only held That's good. uh, you know, Notre Dame to 21 points. Um it was it was relatively close with with Troy. I, I they have a good defense and and they they can create turnovers. So we're going to have to protect the ball. We're going to have to make I mean, Wooldridge is going to have to play well. He's going to have to protect the ball and and make smart decisions as well. So I think that that's why my weird score prediction, I think it was like 1917 or something like that, is why I think it's going to be a defensive showdown because, yes, they have a rushing attack, but it's not you can't just look at the stats and say, oh, man, they rushed the ball a ton. Two bad FCS teams. I mean, that's that's where they got half of their rushing stats for the entire season. Plus, they played one more game than we did. And, and you can't turn the ball when you're on offense and you're on the road. You can't turn the ball over in your own territory. Man, we did it against ULM. That's how ULM beat us. It wasn't because they were better than us. We gifted them two or three easy possessions that allowed them to score and take the lead and beat us. You can't do that against Marshall. And you can't do that against South Alabama. We did the same thing against South Alabama. So, you know, one thing about our offense is we're going to have to sustain drives. We got we to gotta quit with the three and outs. No more three and outs, okay? Yeah, you're going to get some, but – Get some first downs, sustain drives, extend drives, score early, and 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 build some confidence. That should build some confidence on that side of the football. Uh, I think if we can establish a rushing attack against this really good interior D-line, I think it's our game to lose. But this will be the biggest challenge, I think, offensively against a really solid Marshall defense but they're not invincible. I think that's the main thing that people need to understand is they're not invincible. They gave up a lot of points. To, to a Bowling Green team that I think we're better than. They struggled against, uh, I'm not saying they struggled, uh, struggled against Gardner-Webb, but Gardner-Webb gave him somewhat of a game. So I'm not, you know, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity there for well, us to well, write the ship. Maybe they didn't struggle, but they were they were favored by almost 30, and they won by 20, 21? 21. And yeah. Vegas is not the end-all, be-all, but you're going to tell me that Marshall shouldn't have blown away Bowling Green? I get the, it's a situational game, right? You come off of Notre Dame, and you, of course you're going to have a letdown. But if you watch any of that game, they didn't look any good. And also, has Bowling Green won a game since uh, they beat Notre Dame? I'm, I'm, I'm not Notre Dame, Marshall. No idea, because I don't pay any attention to MAC football, to be honest with you. Maction, baby. Maction. Maction. I don't think yeah. that they've won a game since they beat Marshall. But going back to what Jerry was talking about as far as, far as third down percentage, um, look, Marshall, Marshall defense is good. Uh, on third down, they they only allow a conversion of twenty four percent of the time. So we're going to again have to do something that that not many other teams have have done against them, and is is sustain drives on third down. Now, if we get a first down on on first or second down, then I'm okay. Then we don't have to worry about that stat, right? If we if we move the ball down the field and don't get to third down, we're good. But but again, we're going to have to do better on third down than we have been this season. To, to, to your point, I don't know what our actual statistic is on this, but we've been horrible on first down. 
because first of all, we can't run a football, so it's it's a yard in a cloud of dust, or you know, minus two in a cloud of dust. And when we try to throw on first down, we haven't been efficient. So we gotta we gotta get yardage, positive, good yardage on first down, stay on schedule, keep our offense in a manageable third down situation if we're gonna take it that you know to third down. That's what we gotta do. We can't rely on the home run, which I think early in the season we did. And we can't rely on uh, – depending on who's – I don't know if, if Hudson is going to play at center. I don't know if he's going to start. I want to see some Burton if he's – apparently the injury is more long-lasting than we all thought, including the coaches. So that's, that's a whole other storyline. But if Lance Burton's going to be able to play, I don't know, 30% of the reps, 40% of the reps, you feel like you can get a little bit of a power running game going. If you can't get a power running game, it's going to be a long damn night, dude, because I'm telling you, we're not going to go sit back there and just sling it around the yard against this secondary against Marshall, dude. It's just not happening. I mean, you talked about Notre Dame, and they had quarterback issues, but they didn't get anything. And and the final score was 26-21, I believe, was it, Jerry? But they scored uh, – Notre Dame scored a last-second last junk touchdown. Marshall dominated that game defensively. So, I don't know. I think that they're – if we go back to throwing the football to the tight end, which is something I didn't ask Dre because I would have gone off on a 30-minute tangent, but if we get back to throwing the ball to Lumpkin and Neal and Pierce, I think we can exploit the middle of the field. Maybe we can soften up that defensive line, move those linebackers around. If we can do that, maybe that helps open up the running game. Or maybe I'm just making up something so that we can throw it to the tight end. I don't know. Well, our offensive identity has always been a run balanced. And so if you can't run the ball, your entire identity goes kaput. And what ends up happening is, is you're playing kind of like a a desperate scheme to try to just put a bunch of pieces together without really knowing how to solve the jigsaw puzzle. So I think for us, you have to establish your run game because you got to, you got to create that chemistry. And so last week, what was exciting about those last 10 minutes when we were down 17, seven was we established a little bit of a run game and look what happened. We put ourselves in position to win the football game. So, you know, that that's something we're definitely going to have to see what we can do. I, you know, I, we don't know what, what whether or not Chris Smith's going to go in. So now you got to depend on Terrence Williams and Jacob Cabote, maybe a little bit of Dre Washington in there as well. So, you got, I mean, this is an opportunity for our, our other running backs to step up as well and and create a little depth in the running back position and give them a certain amount of touches because all three have potential if Chris Smith is out. So, you know, this is an opportunity for us to to establish a run game. If you can establish a run game on this interior or, or this front seven, to me, that's going to build confidence moving forward throughout the season. And I also think if you were able to do that against this team, I think that puts us in a really good position to win. Well, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see on those first two or three offensive possessions how we move the football and if we can or not. If we can establish a rushing attack against this Marshall defense, it could be a good night for the Cajuns. But we're going to find out pretty quickly on whether or not we can do so. Well, I think you'll know, Jerry, on whether or not we try for the five, six-yard routes because I think that's going to be open based on what I've seen. That will be open all night. And I said this for three games. If we... Take what they give us, we will be successful. And we've chosen not to do that. So if the best way to open your running game is these five, six-yard routes because you start moving the ball through the air and then they're going to start backing up on defense and then guess what? Holes will open for you. So again, we'll know early on our offensive plan if if we start out the game trying for these 
four, five, six yard routes, I think we're going to be successful. But if we still, if we tried this chaotic, well, we'll run on first down, we'll gain two yards, then we'll throw it down the field second down, then we'll have a guy that that's sitting, you know, eight yards away from the line of scrimmage instead of 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's going to be a long night. We got to be smart. We got to play smarter than we have been. Andre said it the same thing. We're beating ourselves. So we got to be smart this game. Got to execute everywhere on the field. Nobody is, listen, special teams is not executing. And I know it's a cliche, but but I'm serious. How, how are we snapping the ball over Reese's head? I know that we have a new long snapper, but come on. Come on. We got to fix that. Defensively. I don't think we're executing in the passing game. I think that our, our, our linebackers, this is kind of the question I was trying to ask to Dre. You want those linebackers to drop back. You want to be able to give those corners the opportunity to play outside leverage and be able to put their hands on receivers. Because they can't and they have to play and pinch in to help those linebackers, we're getting people open in the secondary. And I, I was trying to have that conversation, but I don't, I don't want to get too far into it. That's, that's kind of a complex deal. The thing is, Execution. Offensively, I, I, you can't even start to say execution because it's not even close. We've got to find some semblance of execution. we got to find some continuity on the, on the line. Five equals one. we got to throw it to the tight end. I still don't understand this whole wide receiver thing. And I'm so, I'm so disappointed that Dante wasn't be able to, to join tonight because my number one question for him was going to be, you know, what's going on in the tight end room? Or, excuse me, in the uh, wide receiver room because – we all thought all of us had either one or two the wide receiver room in our in our power rankings for the unit the, the unit rankings before the season start. You know, I, I gotta know, is there some injuries we're not aware of? Is there some guys that are just lacking confidence? Or like what is going on? There's so many people getting reps, and this is my theory. There's so many people getting reps that nobody gets into a rhythm. Is that a thing? Or do you just trust all of them? And I know, you know, the coaches speak part of it is going to be like, well, we trust all our guys. We recruited them for a reason. Yeah, I understand that. But when you guys that are going to make plays, I love Mike Jefferson, but he's got to hold on to the ball. You got to hold on to football. You can't you can't fumble the football. You can't drop the football. What's going on here? Like, well, I think, too, Josh, it's it's there's two sides to that coin. You've got two quarterbacks that are going to have their favorite receivers. Right. That's a great point. So and not only point. that, but then you've got two quarterbacks that are going to have different touch on their passes. So when you have this two quarterback rotation, that's what I don't like about it. Now, am I grateful that both quarterbacks have played substantially this season? Yes, because Chandler's injured. Now we have a guy who is who has good playing time and, and hopefully good rapport with the ones. But but you got you got uh, uh, two quarterbacks who have their go to receivers um, and and. Yeah, I mean, that's to me creates a little bit of chaos. And that's why the hope this week is with Wooldridge having almost a full game under his belt last week and experience prior to that. And and we saw him, you know, getting some things done as the game went on last week. Why I'm hoping we, uh, you know, he has a little bit more success in connecting and spreading the ball around the field. Now, I will say, I know we talked a lot about players not making mistakes, that last drive that we had last week, there was no reason that there was any time left on that clock when we go to kick that field goal. Our coaching has to be better prepared. It has to have a better game plan because I know that drove you crazy, Josh. And I know I was screaming at the top of my lungs when I'm watching this going, why are we giving the ball? We had three timeouts. We used one, which was I don't even know why we use that one. 
and we had two more timeouts, 50 seconds left. Why are you not letting the clock run? So again, I think not only we can't let it leave it out on the players being better. We got to have the coaching better next week as well. So I didn't give my rainbow mermaids update last week because we were off, but we won. I won't bore you with the details. We, we kicked ass. So anyway, I'm standing there with my assistant coach, her husband, my wife, kids everywhere. I'm trying to behave. We're on the hill. You know, I can't see anything because these freaking banshees are just. Pew, 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 pew. Anyway, I'm trying to watch my best and we're, we're driving and I'm watching the offensive line. That was what I was doing because at that angle, you can see everything. You can see how they pick up stunts. You can see how they, you know, you if their technique is good or not, you can see their feet. You can see everything. So I'm watching all that stuff. And we go down and we're, you know, we're, I don't know, a yard and a half, maybe two yards out. And uh, he calls a timeout after we get stopped. And I, I kept it in for like an hour. Seriously, probably an hour, hour and a half. Kept it in. I was good. He calls a timeout. I exploded. You got to be kidding me. What are you doing? I did the whole thing. So I had to walk away from all the nice, calm people to holler and scream at myself. And I'm hollering into my elbow, you know. Uh, and then luckily I ran into a couple of passionate fans and we were all hollering at each other. So it was good. But, I, you know, he gave the, he gave the I'm not going to say excuse, the reason. In his mind, he thought that we could use the timeouts to our advantage and get the ball back. After South Alabama went to third down, I will believe that. But you don't know that's going to happen when you got 40 freaking seconds left. Come on, Mike. Come on, dude. That's, that was BS. That pissed me off. There's, you were clearly playing for overtime, which is what you're supposed to do when you're at home. And at that time, the offense finally found some momentum. They were getting into a rhythm. I was happy to go to overtime. When he called that timeout, I just completely lost my freaking mind. And then we went to prevent defense, which prevents wins and other, the rest is history. <laughs> another rant for another day. But, you know, here's the thing, though. We had them in a third and long situation, and, and we were being aggressive up to that point. As soon as they get into the third and long, they drop everybody back. And I know that we're in a quarters defense. We counted seven DBs on the field. There were seven DBs on the field. So I was like, all right, well, we, 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 the guy's a DB. The defensive coordinator's a DB. He knows the situation. Great. Sure enough. Curl route right in the middle. And again, I give credit to the quarterback. He put it right where it needed to be. It was a good throw. In my view, his best throw of the night. You don't call a timeout down when you're playing for freaking overtime with 49 seconds, man. That's way too much time in college football. And that's just it. Now you've taken the ability to, and now look, could they have gotten it back? Yes. But who knows? Again, who knows what happened? If, If I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money and saying, I'm going to let the clock run out. I'm going to kick a field goal. And then at least I know I have a chance in, in, in overtime. Now that you don't have a chance now, but at least you know if they go and score, you're going to have a chance to score after them. But if they score with 50 seconds left, guess what? Game over. So that's my logic. Exactly. But and I don't get had, paid the millions of dollars or whatever. Nick, they had three timeouts. I know. They had three freaking timeouts. They needed to go 40 yards. And the little kicker's good. And by the way, even if we get the ball back, Kenny was one for three and had two misses inside the 40 or right around the 40. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get too fired up because I think we have a good opportunity to go win on Wednesday. So I want to keep my morale high. However, that South Alabama game, man, that is one hell of a missed opportunity. Three and two and two and three is, to me, it's like going from 36 to 37. 37 sounds like you're old AF. 
36, you know, like eh, mid 30s, you're fine. But it's not even about that. Old. Josh, it's not even about that. It's the fact that you're 0 and 2 in the Western Division. That's it. That's the biggest problem, That's right? It. We're not talking about 1 and 1. Now we're 0 and 2. That is a big, that is a steep hill to climb. You know what I noticed, though? And I'm looking at uh, one of our listener comments, and it's an interesting conversation to have. Andre kind of made a few a few comments that gives the the overall impression that the coaches really are trying to adjust. They're trying to learn. They're 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 tweaking their systems. And by the way, that's what happens when you're a first year coach. That's what happens when you're a first year staff. Billy did it. Everybody forgets that Billy Napier lost seven games in his first year. Seven games. It's a lot. Now you can point at Nunez. You can point at you know. We, we had, I don't forgot, it was like 25 fewer scholarships at that point because we were recovering from sanctions. And that's, look, I got it. The, the coaching still has to, you have to learn on the fly. You have to deal with individual failures or individual changes as you go. This is not me defending Mike. It's part of the game. We all want to win. I want to win more than anybody. I holler and scream louder than anybody when we lose. But I do understand that there is, there's a method to the madness. And it was good to hear Andre talk about kind of the minutia that goes into practice. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they asked the players and asked the leadership group, what can they do better? What, you know, how can they, how can they help the players? How can they be part of the solution? Jerry, I thought that was very interesting to hear him say that. That gives me, that gives me a little bit more, not confidence because I have confidence in Mike, but it kind of gives you that insight that maybe you don't, you know, it gives you that extra puzzle piece to put together. Yeah, I, I think I think it sounds like the coaching staff and the players, even though they may be on a different page on trying to communicate, I think they're on the same page of finding that same common goal and finding common ground, and that's huge. And I think the coaching staff relies on guys like Andre and especially the senior class that have been through a lot of the success and can kind of get through this type of adversity that we're going through right now. Um, that's one thing that stuck about Andre's quotes is he's like, look, it's a, it's just a bump in the road. It's not even it's not even that. It's not, it doesn't seem like as bad because we know what we are capable of. And I think the coaching staff knows it too. And so when you rely on players that have that type of leadership, it's a lot easier to teach them because they know that they're, they're willing to listen. Um, And so, yeah, I I like that, but now you have to go get, you have to go and execute it and show it on the field. That's where it begins. You got to go show that, that you've learned on the field. The goodwill and everything is good. The good morale, the the good, the, the the coming together. He made those comments about the team coming together through adversity. All that's great. Really is. However, it's time. Okay, we're five into this. Five games into the season. It's time to turn it on. It's time to put those lessons in motion. Marshall is not going to let you walk in there and beat them. I want to say they're doing a blackout. It's their first ever home game in the Sunbelt Conference. They're playing... I mean, the class of the West for the last four, five years, they're, they are ready. Also, you just beat them in the New Orleans Bowl. And you're, so, and you're the defending um, Sunbelt champion, too. And you're the defending Sunbelt champion. So what they see is an opportunity to put their name on the wall, put their skin on the wall. They're walking into a hostile situation. I mean, if there was ever a time to write it, write the ship this weekend. or the, Well, Wednesday, not this weekend, but Wednesday. This is when you got to do it. This is the time. And I think we have an opportunity to do it. If you're, if you're asking me candidly, I think Ben balls. And I'm saying that because he's had a full week with the ones. He knows he's the guy. 
And, and it's unfortunate that Chandler has the injury. But in a, in a small way, it kind of gives Ben some leverage to just go out and be Ben. He lets him go play his game. And that's what we need. We need somebody to go just let the guys play on offense. Let them have fun. Let's have our, you know, the, they made the comment about Ben having, uh, it was Jerry that made, I'm mean, sorry, uh, Nick made the comment about Ben has his favorite receivers and uh, Chandler may have his favorite receivers. Let There's got to be some some continuity among the wide receivers with Ben. So if I'm like, I don't know, just, just give an example. If I am Dante Fleming, right, and I know that Ben looks for me in the slot, I'm licking my chops this week. Okay, maybe, maybe it's Peter LeBlanc. Maybe it's John Stevens. Who knows if he can catch a pass. Uh, I'm licking my chops if I'm those guys. Let's see. We got a couple of listener comments, so let's scroll on down. Let's see. Let's see. I, I'm all about the run game. For everyone hating on our running game, our leading rusher has a better yard per carry than Marshall's. Boom. Just little glimmers I find while drinking. Jacob, I find lots of glimmers while drinking, sir. But I'll tell you this. Terrence Williams is your horse. Let's ride him. Turn around and give him the ball. 20, 25 carries. That's what I want to see. I don't expect Chris Smith to play this week. Now, Mike did say this morning that he was further along in the process than they expected him to be. I just don't know. I don't expect him to play. I wouldn't play him. It's, it's one game out of 12. Don't, don't risk him. I think we can win with Terrence. I think we can, if Zy Perry can play, if he's healthy, let's see him. He's got four games to use for, and he can still have his red shirt. Perfect time to unveil him. Again, how do you make up for the lack of a running game? The short passes. Intermediate passing game. Intermediate passing. That's all we need. We do that. We open up the run a little bit. See what happens. And typically the catalyst for the intermediate passing game, anybody want to take a guess who the catalysts are? It starts with a tight and it ends with an end. <laughs> I was about to say, here we go again. We need to make t-shirts, man. Rage and review t-shirts. The very Throw to first, the damn tight end. No, the very first exclusive Rage and Review t-shirt will be throw it to the tight end, guaranteed. So, Jacob, thanks for checking in, man. At Jacob, this guy wrote, at Jacob, that's fantastic. We can't go away from the run game early like we have. Let the horses run. Well, we've gone away from the running game early because... We're failing on first and second. And down. run the ball. We're running. We're, we're we're running into a wall of defenders on first and second down, and we're we're ending up in third and nine, third and eight, third to twelve. So like we can't run the offensive identity that we want to run if we can't get three and four yards attempt per attempt. So I don't think I don't necessarily think they went away away from it. They just know we can't run a football. And again, I think Lance Bertman, uh, Bertman, Lance Burton. Is the catalyst. I, the Astros fans out here that know what they're talking about. I know. I was going to say thank you. By the way, going to be at the game tomorrow afternoon. Cheers. Shout out to the Astros. I became a San Diego fan overnight. So That is the biggest perk of working downtown Houston. One, we get tickets to the game. And two, I can walk there from my office. Yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. The, the postseason this year and, and the major leagues are going to be, I think, very fun. I want to see San Diego go to the Dodgers and see what – just so I can bust Jay's balls to pieces if San Diego beats the Dodgers. Uh, but there's there's a lot of exciting teams in Major League Baseball this year, so that'll be fun. Maybe we'll do a podcast for that just for fun. Uh, but no, 
Again, I go back to the offensive game plan. Run the football, throw it to the tight end, go for the home run shot when it's there. I think we can do it. I think it's there to be had. You will have to capitalize on your opportunities against Marshall. It can't be this dropping passes and no execution. <clears throat> excuse me, no execution and all this stuff. You can't do that against Marshall at home on the ro- uh, on the road for us at home for Marshall with that secondary. You can't do it. You got to go out there and execute. If we don't, we will lose. It, honestly, if we don't go execute offensively, we're going to get blown out. Because if we leave our defense on the field with their type of running attack and a true mobile quarterback at the helm, we're going to get run out of the building. It doesn't matter how good our defense is. Yeah, and that's why time of possession is so important for us, as well as, again, like I said, Reese has to come up big this week and and pin them back um, when we do go three and out. But again, we can't go three and out at our own 10 and expect good field position. Like, we got to move the ball this week. Well, it will be a game of field position, and and this is this is the game where you have to flip the field. And I think um, this is one of those games where if you know if if you get a three and out in your own thirty, you got to depend on Reese to pin it back to their own twenty, and vice versa, um, because this is going to be a game where you your scores are going to come from shorter drives, whether it's a field goal or even a touchdown drive based off a turnover. We just don't want to be the one turning the ball over. I expect a resurgence from special teams only because they have never, I mean, it's been five years since we've been this bad on special teams. And that's not a shot at Reese, you know, fan of the pod, but it's not his issue. (laughs) The ball's 10 feet over his head. What's he going to do? I I think our kick coverage has been lacking. I think obviously our place, our place uh, kicking has not been good again. Um, Whether that's on Kenny, whether that's on holding, I don't know. There's so many little things that we've got to clean up got to clean up we will not win on the road it doesn't matter if it's marshall or marshmallow university it doesn't matter we're never going to win on the road if we can't execute even offensive or excuse me even uh special teams wise we've made a living on having solid special teams over the last four or five years we got to find it we got to find it i know we have the talent we just got to do it you got to go out there and do it anyway guys jerry i'll start with you Honest to God, candid opinion on what's going to happen Wednesday night. It's a tough question because I think I see the capability and what we're what we can do. It's just a matter of us going out and doing it. Um, I know defense is going to play play well. I think our defense is going to be play like they did against South Alabama. My biggest question is whether or not the offense can set a tempo early on. Um, that's going to be something I'm going to be looking for. If you get three or four or three and outs right away, I'm going to be worried because what's going to happen is, is Marshall's going to be able to s- sustain more drives, being at home, using their rushing attack against our defense, and that's not a good formula when you're when you're playing on the road trying to trying to win games. So that's going to be something I'm going to be looking for. Um, if this game is tied at halftime or within a point or two at halftime, I think we win. Um, because that'll tell me that Marshall has their backs against the wall, and that'll tell me that we're playing with confidence and we're able to go toe to toe with them. So, I don't know. I'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, part of me says that Marshall just may be too good playing at home against us, but then another part of me says they struggled against Gardner Webb and lost to Bowling Green, and we could take full advantage of that. So, we take advantage of that, we win the game. Period. They're not. They're not much better than us talent wise. They're not. I mean, if anything, I think we may have just as much, if not more, talent than them. We just have to go and show it now. It's not a talent problem, Jerry. It, and I think we've established that. It's not a talent problem. 
it's just a putting it all together and being consistent and not making stupid mistakes problem. Um, so for me, the keys are going to be containing their running attack. They're not going to stretch the field on us. One, I don't, I'm not sure that they have, I'm not sure that they have the, um, the, the, the talent at the wide receiver, uh, core now, now can they, can they, do they have that, that, uh, short passing game? Yes, they do. They do have that, but I don't think they're going to stretch the field on us. So we've got to contain their running attack. We got to get some some sacks, which I think we will, because, again, they have 19 on the season. They've given up Pin them back in their own territory on punts, throw to the freaking tight end, convert on third down, protect the ball and no stupid penalties. So there's a lot we got to do to win. But it's not like it's not like I'm saying anything that's like outrageous. Right. They're all simple things to do. How about you don't retaliate if a player pushes you down? How about you protect the ball two arms around the ball? If you, if you have defenders coming your way, don't let them punch them out. Don't drop the ball when it's in your hands. Those are easy, fixable things, but we got to do it all because we're going to be on the road against probably a packed house. And I'm still not buying into this. Oh, we're coming. You guys hit our, our guy late land and, you know, targeting and all that. I'm not, I'm not buying into that. Maybe that'll be true for the first five minutes of the game. They might be amped up, but as the game goes on, they're not going to be coming for revenge at that point. They're just trying to win the game. So again, limit your mistakes. In fact, don't make mistakes and we'll be fine. But if we start this thing coming out going, you know, three and out punt, three and out punt, three and out punt, dropping balls, getting some momentum, stupid penalty backs us up. Or, or we turn the ball over, it's going to be a long night. So again, it's really up to us. Like you said, Jerry, I'm not, I don't think that they have more talent than we do uh, by a long shot, but we still haven't put it together. We have got to put it together this week. I like the point about the motivational side of things. I don't buy the vengeance thing that might play in the locker room for, like you said, a couple minutes. A lot of those guys are not even there anymore. They're two totally different teams. Jaron Wilson's not even on the freaking team anymore for us. So, you know, I don't really know how much I buy into that. You know, maybe 18 and 22-year-olds, they buy into it a little bit more. I, I agree that maybe it it plays a little bit to start the game and, you know, the crowd's hype and you come out and you're black, all black uniforms and you got the music and everything. Maybe that helps. But if they're always, they were always going to throw a first punch. If you can weather the first punch, and there's just be us. Just go out, establish a line of scrimmage, execute. Don't make stupid plays. Don't make stupid mistakes. I mean, one thing we don't really talk about is how good we've been in uh, creating turnovers defensively. And I'm like Kevin Foote in this, and I would never put foot on thing. This is one thing I agree with him. A turnover is not a stop. You cannot constantly rely on taking the ball away. Yes, it's great if you have a defense like that. It, 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 I know that you teach that and you work on that and it's part of your defense, but that is not something that you can rely on. I don't know if we do rely on that. I don't know if the players think that way, but I'm just telling you, if we're going into Marshall thinking that we're going to rely on turnovers, that's not, that's not a way to look at it because we need to stop people like we used to. We need to go get after people. Be aggressive. All right, this whole third and nine and we're dropping back 15 yards in the secondary, that's got to stop. Got to stop that. We have got to limit the boneheaded mistakes, which is the most easily fixable thing on planet Earth. All you got to do is execute and don't make the mental mistakes. 
But I am interested to see if we can stop Marshall with the running game that they do have, with the mobile quarterback that they have. Are we able to stop them consistently without turning them over? That's going to be, I think that's a big part of the game because, I mean, we've made a living on turnovers. That's just a fact of the matter. Can we do it? I think we can. Will we do it? We'll see. Haven't done it yet. Um, with, you know, there's a couple of instances we have, but for the majority of the season, we haven't, we haven't put it together consistently. I want to see execution. I want to see the offense find rhythm. You got Ben. We know he's the guy. Zeon might get some snaps if Ben, you know, God forbid, gets hurt. Obviously, we don't want to see that. If it happens, sounds like he's your number two. Then that's a whole other, throw out everything, throw out the game plan. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other ball game. Zeon might come in and dazzle, and all of a sudden the offense is completely different, and we, we win by 30. I don't know what happens. <laughs> and look, it might happen, and I'm, I'm fine with it. Of course I want to win by 30. Yeah, but. I'll take it too at this point. But at that point, now you have another conundrum where you have a backup freshman quarterback who just lit up Marshall on the road, and, and media circus, oh, who's your starting quarterback? You got three of them, you know, all this stuff. Uh, good problem to have, but that that's a whole other. You're going you're going down a rabbit hole now, man. <laughs> well, it, it could happen, Nick. Honestly, it could. If, it if could. something happens with Ben, because he's not 100. percent By the way, if something happens with Ben, you never know. You never know. So, if we're talking about how we see the game going and a prediction and all this stuff, that right there is something that not many people have mentioned, but is a possibility because he he literally is in the mix to get snaps, and he's got again four games because of the red shirt. So. Execute. Don't make dumbass mistakes. Don't turn the football over and don't expect to make a living on turnovers. But look, Josh, we don't need turnovers. The guy, I don't think can, so we, can, we can sack. Look, 19 sacks on the season. We can bring pressure with four against this offensive line. Well, that's I what I was no going to ask you that, Nick. Do you, if you're Lamar Morgan, right? You're looking at this game film, you're looking at the talent, you're looking at the amount of times that they've given up sacks. Do you pressure? Because we've been sending some blitzes the last couple games. Do you do you send the blitz? Do you do you put this quarterback on notice, or do you just trust the front four to go out there and eat? That I think that's part of the that's a big part of the game plan. Because here's the thing: if you can get pressure with the front four, they're not going to throw the football on you. You make them one dimensional, you completely change the entire complex the complexion of the game. Well, I think that's what we do. Is is we see you know we rush four, we see what happens. Third down, you bring, you know, the house because obviously they haven't been able to stop it this season. But let's see. Let's see what we can do with four because we've not to say had success rushing four, but there have been some moments where we've rushed four and we've gotten to the quarterback. But uh, I we'll see. I don't know. Let's see how the game plays out in the first you know quarter. But I really do think we're going to have some success with rushing four. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But, but we got to bring the pressure regardless because that is their weak point on offense. And if we're going to have any semblance of trying to stop their running game, we got to back them up. I think that it might be recency biased, but dude, the front four played well into the two deep against South Alabama, which was one of the biggest matchups that we were like, well, is the defensive line going to show up against their offensive line who showed they could block UCLA? Who's probably going to win the damn Pac-12? So I don't know. I You know. It's been an interesting season in the entire league, but watching our our team kind of do their thing and evolve, um, I said, infamously said, everybody enjoy the ride. 
I'm not having a lot of fun right now, but I am interested to see how we're going to respond. I mean, it's part of being a fan. It's part of following a program. I'm excited to see what happens Wednesday, how we face adversity and how we handle adversity. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Then I tell you what. On Wednesday night, October 12, 2022, at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Cages will be in Huntington, West Virginia, to face Sunbelt Conference foe Marshall. The Marshall Thundering Herd. Now, this will be the first official conference home football game for Marshall since their membership in the Sun Belt began this past July. It will also mark the second meeting between the two schools, with the first meeting being in the 2021 New Orleans Bowl, where the Cajuns were victorious by a score of 36-21. to This past weekend on our guest appearance on the Thundercast podcast, Josh, Nick, and I got to share our thoughts with KD and Russ on this new quote-unquote conference game. We talked about how excited we were to have Marshall in the Sun Belt, what it meant for our program, and the perception that it brings everywhere else. As I had said the other day, 10 years ago, schools left and right were trying to leave the Sun Belt, which was nothing but a stepping stone for programs that wanted a way into the FBS, only to leave for other conferences such as Conference USA. But man, how the tables have turned. In the last five years, we have added new members three of which came from the same conference schools once left the Sun Belt to go into, such as Conference USA. These schools have pulled some nice P5 upsets. And the Sun Belt has had five teams ranked in the top 25 with a few others receiving votes, the latest being recent FCS call-up in James Madison. Only five games in the FBS. How about that? Getting a number 25 ranking in the AP poll adding more recognition to our conference. So for that, congrats to JMU. But how about that? It seems as though the Sun Belt has become more of a destination than the layover or a stepping stone that it was just a few years ago. And with that comes more of a challenge for everyone, including Louisiana, a team that has a little more than an uphill battle to climb at the moment. Speaking of Louisiana, It's safe to say that this 10-day break was much needed by the way things have gone so far this football season. In the first two weeks, it seemed like business as usual. But as we have seen in the past three weeks since then, it has been anything but that. A disappointing loss to a well-improved Rice team, followed by back-to-back heartbreaking losses to ULM in South Alabama by a combined score of seven points, has brought questions to the Cajun Nation that have not been asked in a very long time. Questions such as, what's wrong with this team? Why are we struggling? Why can't we score? Why do we like discipline? And some people are even asking at this point, did we even make the right hire? Those are questions that any fan base would ask at this point when seeing a team who had a 34-5 and stretch dating back to 2019 go 2-3 and so far this season. And to those questions, I can't say that I have an answer. None of us do. But with this coaching staff, it's up to them to right the ship. It's the job of theirs to teach these players how to overcome the adversity we're seeing right now. And it is up up to the players to take the field and translate that to make it happen. You know, as they say, football is a game of inches. Just imagine making a play here or a play there that ended up going our way this year. Just imagine making an extra field goal or two that didn't go through the uprights. Just imagine making a key block that would have allowed a long run instead of a loss on the play. 
Just imagine catching a pass on third down instead of a drop that would have extended our offensive drive. Just imagine making a key third down stop that didn't extend a drive or ultimately a touchdown. All of these hypotheticals come down to one thing, execution. And unfortunately, we aren't really seeing it right now. This is what separates a 5-0 and record and receiving votes in the top 25 compared to where we are now at 2-3. and Well, with that being said, Wednesday night against Marshall gives us that chance to do just that, and that's to execute effectively on the field, to make offensive plays that extend drives, to make key tackles and stops on defense, and to make that key field goal or hit that key punt that flips the field in our favor. And we will have time to earn it, but we will have to earn it. Marshall is not a team that will give us anything. It's our time to show potential that has been there all along and take it. Take it and flip this season around. Take it and show our true capabilities. Take it and come home to another break before hitting this stretch of familiar foes in the Sunbelt Conference. A conference that is improving by the day. The question is now, will we see our team improve? Tune in to ESPN2 this Wednesday night and find out for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode of Rage and Review. If you like what we do here, go on to any platform, whether it be podcast version, the YouTube version, social media, etc. Hit that subscribe button. Press that like button. Follow the pod. We're all over the place. Really, it would take me too long to tell you all the places that we're, we are, so... Everywhere is, I'm going to just sell on that. I want to thank again the team over at Gordon for making the interview with Andre Jones a possibility. That was a whole lot of fun. Great insight from players inside the locker room. Their insight is, uh, it's, it's, it's sobering. Makes you think. Anyway, we'll see you guys Wednesday night for post game. Be good. Have a great week. Go Cajuns. <laughs>